Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. I'm your host, Ian Carlos Crawford. And I'm your other host, Matthew Rodriguez. And today we are joined by Rob. Hi. And Colin. Hello. Yay. Yay. Um, so you are both new guests to our podcast. Um, welcome. Um, Thank you. And uh, we always have our new guests tell us their Buffy origin. So, gentlemen, whichever one of you would like to go first, tell us how you came to the show and everything. What your first episode was, what drew you to it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, um, you, you can go ahead, Rob. Oh, thank you. Well, um, so I don't know how often you've gotten this answer, but Buffy was, Sarah Michelle Gellar was my celebrity beard in middle and high school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like back when I was trying to convince myself I was still straight, it was like, oh, Sarah Michelle Gellar, yeah, that's my girl. <laughs> but uh, I know what you did last summer was what drew me to Buffy, and I actually started with Buffy literally the episode after Angel went bad in season two. So that would have been not even, no, not I take it back, not phases. It would have been the, the Valentine's Day episode where everybody loved Sander. Oh, all right. So that was the very first episode of Buffy I ever got to see. And Sarah Michelle Gellar was hardly in the damn thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think... I <laughs> but think... you did get the really sexy part where she tries to seduce him. So for straight you, that was, you know, yeah. bangers and mash. It was great. <laughs> but then I, res- I really respected Xander's uh, restraint with her. So I think that should have told me something else. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fair. Um, yeah, I think, I think almost everyone has... For me, Faith was the one I pretended to have a crush on. Um, but yeah, I think most of us, it's either Buffy or Faith. Like, oh. Well, really I think that's we... because Faith's more masculine. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, Faith would be the top, like, the like one that's like, ugh. If she, I, if she were, I was going to say, if she were a gay man, she'd be, like, annoying, like, oh, I don't bottom. But, like, I don't know that she would be. I feel like Faith would be up for anything. <laughs> no, she'd she's top down. and then go on Instagram right after. <laughs> Um, Colin, tell us your Buffy origin story. I actually cannot remember the first episode I watched. Um, it was somewhere in the it was somewhere in the first season. I know that, but I didn't actually start watching it fully until the second season. Okay. And I watched it right up until the gift, and then I stopped watching it after season five. Really? Uh, yeah. Like, to this date? No, no. <laughs> God. Uh, no, because I was in. I went going into high school when season six was starting and none of my friends were watching it anymore. So I just didn't watch it. And then when I was in university, I did a course about religion and pop culture and Buffy was one of the things we studied. So I went out and bought all of the DVDs and watched all of them. And then I watched all of Angel. And then I actually went back and watched Buffy. And once I hit season four, I switched back and forth between the DVDs. (laughs) And yeah. So was that was that your first watch of Angel when you bought the DVDs? It was. I knew nothing okay. about Angel. I actually watched Angel. Yeah, I I think. But Buffy, I knew bits and pieces of six and seven. The only so. season of Angel I watched when it aired that I like consistently watched was starting with I think season four, just because like mm. I knew Buffy was ending, and I was like, oh, this will be the show I watch. So I started watching it, um, and then like I hadn't seen all of it till I bought the DVDs either. That's a bad year to start. I know, but I, you know... It's a good it's a good season of television, but it's also, like, you need that... At, at the very least, you need three yeah, there, to get into so that season four. Yeah, there's so much going on. Um, 
Yeah. Angel's very, very arc-driven, yeah. whereas Buffy had episodes that you yes. could latch on yeah, to. Yeah. Yeah. Angel has a few, but yeah. yeah, for the most part, it's more arc. Um, well, let's... But, <laughs> yeah. Let, yeah. We'll, we'll get back Speaking to the Angel podcast later. To, <laughs> let us talk about an episode that you can latch on to, which is Enemies. Enemies. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, so I have to say, like... Um, revisiting this episode, I don't love it as much as I thought I loved it. Um, I think it starts really slow. How do you... Well, so it starts with Buffy and Angel, um, that little scene where they have just accidentally seen a movie with a lot of sex in it. Yeah, which I had to Google to make sure it was made up, because I wasn't sure, but it was. It was made up. Because there's that weird... Colin, I feel like you're going to know. There's that weird... Because uh, they mentioned, like, oh, there's a kimono, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, is this, like, a foreign film that maybe Joss Whedon liked? Because there is a weird film that uh, I want to say is a Japanese film where there's, like, food and sex. Do you know what I'm talking about, Colin? There's a, no. There's a lot of films with food and sex. No, it's, like a, a, like, a famous, like, cult movie that's, like, Japanese. And, like, they feed each other eggs from their mouths. And it's, like, really but, weird. So they're, but they're seeing a French film. Cause they yeah, it's, the, a, it's a French. They show the title at the beginning. Oh, do, oh yeah, well. Yeah, it's Le Banquet d'Amelia. Oh, okay. Oh, right, 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 right. They just, yeah, they said come and on. They, and Buffy remarks on it being French. Oh. Hi, I yeah, don't pay attention to anything. I thought there was food involved. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so obviously them talking about lack of sex. So we don't have to get too deep into this, but this made me think about like, you know, the whole heterosexist dumbass, like, you know, he loses his soul because of extreme happiness and it's just through sex with Buffy that makes him happy. I feel like, um, I mean, I know Buffy's like 17 and probably not into this yet, but I feel like Buffy and Angel should just do some kind of like kinky fetish play that isn't sex. (laughs) But like with well, they they've kind of I, done that I before mean, they, anyway, haven't they? With like the punching each other and everything. <laughs> well, I mean, safe kinky fetish play. But wouldn't so that's always a thing I wonder about. Like, is he losing his soul because of like? Wouldn't that still make him lose his soul? Like, because it's like if he came, isn't it, if like? It's, I don't think well, it's so the orgasm. I think, right, they, so you're, I, think it, I think people are getting lost in the weeds of that. It's proven, especially later on in Angel, it's not just an orgasm that does it. It's an or it's like like a it's basically consummating a relationship that he well, where he's in love. Right, but wouldn't that still be doing that? Because it's well, not like it's with some because he does he does have sex with Darla and doesn't lose his soul because he doesn't love Darla. But like true, you know what I mean. And That's, he has sex with what's her name in season five in the same thing. Yeah, happens. yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh, yeah. where the question of, like, what makes him lose his soul. So it's like, is it is it the orgasm? Is it physically putting, like, the... The chicken or the, the egg? <laughs> the penis in the vagina? And is it, like... What, what, is if it? It tur- what if it turned out this whole time it was the other way around and Buffy pegged him? <laughs> oh, that was what gave him that moment of extreme happiness. <laughs> yeah. Finally... Yeah. Was that he was by a and he lost it. Yeah, <laughs> Buffy. Buffy has so much core strength that like her pegging would be intense. I bet it would, Mister Pointy. Yeah, but I feel <laughs> I feel like Buffy's too prude to do that. I think Faith would be into that. I think Buffy. Would be oh, absolutely. Too Especially on her first time out. Yeah, I think Maybe, Willow would do well, it too. We'll get honest. into this because Faith obviously tries to seduce Angel. Maybe Faith should have said like, "Oh, and I'm down to peg." 
I'm like, oh, yeah, I know, totally. Well, I always feel like a lot of the men on Buff- that Buffy dates are more like submissive alpha males. Like, that's kind of her type, right? Don't you think? Well, if they're submissive alpha, do you mean beta? Or do you mean they're alpha males that are submissive? They're alpha males that are submissive. Like, because they would definitely consider themselves alpha. They, they would- top from the bottom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, that's how I view the men that she... Like, her taste in men is usually a man who's used to being in charge, but with her is submissive. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. I could see that. Yeah, I don't know. That's why Riley gets all fucked up. Yeah, exactly. And the other guy ended up being gay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, also, do you guys, maybe you guys can answer this for me. I mean, I just clearly missed that it was a French film they saw. <laughs> when do Buffy and Angel officially start dating again? Like, I... It seems like it was a very back and forth, and it was never... It's between amends and the episode that follows. It's never, like, made explicit, but yeah. it's clear that they're building towards that. Yeah, it's just weird that it's weird that for all of the talk, we don't get, like, a scene where we, they explicitly say that they're dating again, and then suddenly they, like, kind of are. I don't think that they're actually dating at this... I, I don't think that they ever actually date in season three. I think that they spend time with each other in a non-relationship way because they don't want to not do that. But then they also make out. It's like they're dating, but they're not going steady. Right, Mm. but I've also gone to movies and made out with people that I'm not dating. Right, but I guess if it's... But he's clearly the only person she's seeing. Yeah, and they have like... I think that's one of the problems, right? Is that like they're not together, and then eventually, as we know, they're going to break up in season three, and it feels like probably for him that like she... He's... He's actually actively like blocking her from going out and actually dating someone who can like do all these things with her. And that's part of it is that like they may not be dating, but it's almost like if anyone has read The Secret or watched an episode <laughs> of Oprah where she talks about it, she's not making room in her life for someone else and therefore he will not come to her. Teach us, Oprah! <laughs> <laughs> If Buffy would just read The Secret, then this would not happen. Had The Secret even come out in 1999? No. Um, no, I mean, Oprah talked about it, it se- in the 2000s, but who knows? I'll look it up seems like quick. a book Joyce Summers would be very much into. Oh, totally. Oh, it was published in 2006, so it's seven years too late for Buffy. Yeah. Oh, and, well, and I- three years too late for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the series. Right. But also, I just want to say that the secret is an ancient is an ancient secret. So it was floating around in one of those books that Giles had. <laughs> um, so it's his fault. Episode on people accidentally secreting things into their lives. <laughs> I really like it used as a verb, like secreting. The like. <laughs> um, also, the only reason I was going to say I knew that because it came out when I worked at Barnes and Noble in my six year duration of working there. Six years, I think. Um, and who oh boy did suburban moms love that book? <laughs> um, so after the Buffy and Angel um, awkward sex scene—well, not awkward sex scene, awkward talking about sex scene—we um, get Buffy and Faith talking about Angel and sex, and then meeting the demon who has the books of ascension. Does he have an official name? Um, I feel like he did in the IMDb, but. I don't think I in the feel episode like, he Let's has. just give him a name. He's very awkward and stuff. I don't know. I'm just going to call him Roger. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would have gone, gone with, like, Mort or something. That does Ooh, sound like a good... How about, let's, let, how about Morty? Okay. <laughs> Hold on, wait. I'm going to tell you in, like, two... I'm doing my Watcher thing. I'm looking it up. 
Um, um, so while, while, um, so basically he approaches them and he has the books of Ascension and he asks for $5,000 and that. <laughs> yeah. And like, they seem really weird. Like his name is Skyler. Uh, yeah. Dumb. That sounds like a Sean Cody actor name. <laughs> that's a, yeah. That's really not good. <laughs> Skyler. I mean, it's spelled E-R. That's a little different. So it's not even AR, God. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a that's still a Sean Cody name. <laughs> um I probably I've seen that video. Um yeah, I think I, I don't know, they it feels really weird they just don't like make him give them the books. He kinda comes at it he's very plot devicey, yes. Yeah. And I can see like Faith immediately wants to kill him, which is fair because she's working for the mayor, but Buffy wants to bring down the mayor, and she's just like, okay, let him go. Yeah. That actually, I think it kicks into what I think is one of the more interesting aspects of this episode. It instantly kicks to Faith's perspective as a villain, which you don't, which you haven't really gotten a lot of this season yet. That's true. That's true. You're saying, like, where where you, um, you see Willow's, I mean, sorry, Willow, where you see Faith's head moving is like, well, how should I act as a, as a you know, yeah, as, like par- the pardon the for the mayor. Like, pardon the comparison because they're in no way alike. But it reminds me of like the Law and Order Criminal Intent series, where you always got scenes of like the process that the villain went through to cover their tracks. Mm. Mm. That's accurate. Yeah, yeah. So I, this is like one of the few episodes the show did where you saw the villain like enmeshed with the heroes and like trying to like stay enmeshed and not give herself away. Well, it's interesting. I mean, you know, he's not even really a villain. He's just a demon, and he just seems like one of those demons that would be at Willie's. Like, we have seen Buffy, and, you know, that becomes a point of contention even between Buffy and Riley later, right? Is that, like, there are a lot of demons that Buffy just lets live if they're, like, chilling at Willie's, and she's trying to... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I meant face perspective. Right, and I'm I'm just saying... Yeah. Yeah, but I'm saying, so we're getting both, and so we see Buffy saying let him go, and Faith being like, a demon's a demon, gotta kill him. But obviously she's only saying that to hide the fact that she wants to kill him to get the books for her boss. Actually, in a weird way with that demon scene, it kind of predicts both the season four of Buffy and, like, onward, and also Angel, how, like, the line between demon and hero becomes increasingly blurred on both shows. Yeah, and I think, I do think that is, I will always defend Angel in that aspect. I think Angel does that better. That's like oh, one of the absolutely. few things Angel does better with making it. But Buffy starts to, and like, I feel like this is one of the first times we meet a demon who's not like, we actually meet the demon who's not actively evil. I'm going to sneeze. Hold on. Ooh, you know who, who he <laughs> almost, because he has the same kind of high pitched voice and skin problem that Clem has. True. Oh, yeah. Almost like a precursor to Clem. Yeah. And that's, you know, I feel like lots of times, especially in the Whedon verse, even in Buffy itself, we get a lot of things where it's like, oh, that was clearly an idea they liked, and then they reused it for something else. Because Faith does make a joke about skincare products to yeah. Skyler, yeah. and and there's a lot of jokes about skin with Clem, too. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they all discuss what they're going to do, but I think, what do they, do they decide? They're, they don't decide they're going to pay him. They just decide they're going to, like, get whatever from him, right? Well, they're at least going to see what he has. 
Wesley suggests that they ask him to give them the books for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and Giles is upset that he wants money and not the still beating heart, beating of, a heart of a virgin. No, no right? Yeah, just Giles. Yeah, <laughs> um, which is a very Gilesy thing. Um, well, oh, so well, that's when they they are asking like, where do we get five thousand dollars? And Cordelia walks in. But the funny thing is, they never. They never make good on that joke. Like they, no one ever asks Cordelia yeah. for five thousand dollars. <laughs> and by this point, she's already in her her se- secretly broke arc, right? Um, I think that secretly that- broke arc is introduced to us next in the next episode. But without us knowing it, I'm sure she's already secretly broke. Yeah, because uh, I I yeah. asked that because one thing that looking watching back on all of season three that I've always wondered. Why would Cordelia go for Wesley, who is just as nerdy, if not nerdier, than all the people she scorned over the last several years of high school? And part of me wonders if she's looking for someone with money. Ooh. But I don't know if he has that much money. Like, they don't even say how much being a watcher pays. Yeah, but and she, she might not know that being a so. high school student, you know? Like, like she's um, a British, state? sophisticated, rich. Giles needs a job as a librarian just to make ends meet. That's true. True, but he's also can afford to live without a job after that for a whole season. Ooh, but he's also not a watcher then either. Very true. I think, I think he's independently wealthy. He's independent. Yeah, I don't know why Cordelia doesn't try to um, seduce Giles out of some well, money. I don't think she's. What were you gonna say, Colin? <laughs> I think she just wants the British D. I think That's she. It. I think she just literally likes. She probably low key because she would never admit this because she's Cordelia. She low key likes like a nerdy white dude like i feel like to go from xander to wesley clearly there's a that track yeah like it's like okay yeah that makes sense like you like what you like i like douchebags i still date douchebags like <laughs> you know what what you're doing but you don't like stop you're still like oh shit i'm attracted to this dude and like you know well, it's like the beginning of juno where juno explains that, that, all, that, that all jocks <laughs> really want librarians um it's like the opposite where it's basically saying like <laughs> Deep down, the popular girls just want to be with nerds. <laughs> Which is like, uh, like hearing hearing you say that, Matthew. I'm like, ugh, that's such like a straight. I feel like that's so like straight guy thing, right? Like, oh look, like the the like super hot popular girl actually really likes us nerdy guys. Like, pfft. yes, no. I don't know. No. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> like I've I, I never experienced this, so I don't know. No, I yeah, mean, no, I'm not saying I have not experienced straight culture firsthand. I've only <laughs> seen other people invest in it, so I can only speak of it as an anthropologist. Um, as someone who is mostly immersed in straight culture, um and I was think... for like twenty four years of his life. Um yeah, no, I feel like that's very like straight guy who feels like an outcast thing. And Ad just started playing on my computer, I'm sorry. <laughs> Ugh. Yes. Anyway, um, so Faith finds and kills Skylar. Skylar the demon. And it's the first time, isn't it? Like this is the first time we see her kill kill someone where they're not on purpose. Yeah, it's premeditated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it feels like you feel bad for the demon because we already met him and we know he's not like actively evil or actively like poor you know, Morty. Yeah, you feel a little bad for him, right? <laughs> Um, um, and then well, he responds yeah. the way a human would respond to being yes. killed by a demon. Yes, like he's he's clearly afraid of her. Yeah, 
And he tries to fight back, too, and it's interesting. Yeah, like, he's definitely, like, fighting for his life in a way. Actually, it's a really interesting reversal because we've never seen, I don't think on this show yet, like, a demon be killed in cold blood like that, where you actually see, like, them grasping, trying to fight back. Like, it's usually a predator, like, a predatory demon and the Slayer having to defend someone from it or just to vanquish it. It's very odd to see the, like, He's just in his house. He's nervous, and he just gets killed in cold blood. Right. Well, yeah. it's also and yeah, it's like he's one hundred percent ambiguous. Whereas every other demon to this point, it's been like, okay, that's a vampire. You have to kill them, kind of thing. Yeah. Ooh, this actually brings me back to a point that I wanted to make, but it it's not part of this episode, but it is. Um, <laughs> I wrote a note here, so you know, the before every episode, there's previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, when I watched this episode, you know, I didn't skip over the previously thing and it showed the scene where in, in a previous episode, um, where, you know, Buffy says, Faith, you don't get it. You killed a guy. And Faith is like, oh, but you don't get it. I don't care. And we had such a, a deep conversation about that in the past few episodes about how like the show really wants you to hate Faith for killing someone and makes it much more egregious than it really actually was because it, one, was a mistake, and two, like, she was in the middle of just killing demon after demon, you know? Yeah. But when the show does the previously on Buffy thing, they really make it seem like Faith just went out and killed someone without abandon or, or, rega- or regard for any human life. And I was thinking about that as I was watching the previously on Buffy thing. So I was like, what if someone back in the day missed an episode and they were like, oh, my God, Faith has gone on a killing spree. And then in this episode just sees her kill again. I don't know. I was just thinking about that as I was watching the episode. Well, I think they're trying to parallel Faith to Angel in season two, where suddenly, like, the line's been crossed and she's the bad guy now. And they're not really like they're kind of maybe they're trying to, like, fast forward past that nuance a bit. But I I do think that, I mean, I think you're right, but it also is very clear that it falls flat because right after she kills him, she goes to Angel and says, I'm just like you. I'm a straight up cold blooded killer. And I always hated that line. Like, I'm always like, how can you even compare what you did to what Angel did? Like, you are actually someone who was entrusted to, like, protect humanity and Angel was a straight up demon. And you're saying that because you killed one demon that you are him i i just always feel like that was i don't know if that was bad writing or just like it just never really works for me and i think it's just her trying to be manipulative and get him to feel like they're the same person so that she can sleep with him but it still always rings hollow and really weird to me yeah and he shuts her down right after that and is like no you're not like me at all because i had no choice in the matter Right. right. And it's just like um, anyone is like, of course, he's not. That's not like a very smart way to get someone to like, fuck you, to be like, hey, <laughs> like, we both, like we both are straight up cold blooded killers. Let's, you know, run away together. <laughs> Saxophone intro. Like, <laughs> I really appreciate that subtle Carly Rae Jepsen uh, reference. Was it subtle? I'm, I'm thrilled right now. <laughs> I can hear the saxophones now in this episode in my head. And then Faith in her shiny red shirt. Make a video of Faith and Angel. Like you remember, there was a time on YouTube. I'm sure people still do it, where people just made mashup videos of people in shows that want to be together. So many Buffy and X Men ones. (laughs) Right, and they would just put it over like Sarah Bareilles. 
I'm old <laughs> enough that it was like Sarah McLaughlin that they were putting it over when I watched them. <laughs> I mean, Sarah Perillis is like a kind of old reference. She was like 2007 or 8. Oh, now, there's definitely some Buffy and Angel stuff to Sarah McLaughlin, though. Yeah, so. totally is. Yeah, it was oh like... Gosh. Okay, so I'm asking someone who's listening to this right now. I know we have some creative fans. Someone please make a Faith Angel run away with me mashup. <laughs> um... I'm looking at you, Eric Russo. He's the one that always makes the good Dawn things. Um, <laughs> maybe I'll try to make it. Um, yeah, so also, so when Faith is late meeting Buffy at the library because she's busy killing Skylar, and Buffy's waiting for Faith to get there so they can go meet him. And Okay, so there's two things about that scene. The outfit Buffy wears is not... It, it seems like really, like, unslayer... Because it's like a really tight dress. It's like a denim Is dress. Is that the, like, tank copy dress thing that she's yeah. wearing? Yeah. Yeah. And later in the episode, she even gets changed before going to Angel's place because she says she needs to put on something more Slayer-ish. And it just feels weird that they're going to meet a demon, and but she's okay wearing that. But then, like, later she... Ch it just feels, like, not practical for Buffy. Not that leather pants are really practical, but, like... It feels not very stealthy. Um, and in season Leather six... Leather pants give you some stretch, okay? Ugh, but I'd be <laughs> so gross and sweaty in them. The one year I was Angel and I wore leather pants, I was nothing but sweat. Um, also, Buffy makes a Waiting for Godot reference, which feels so un-Buffy. Like, I actually don't get why Buffy is so bitchy with regard to... Actually, no, I take that back. I, when The way the episode ends, I get why Buffy is so bitchy with regard to Faith. But... Actually, if I may, it kind of this whole scene when you know how the episode ends makes you wonder when exactly are they on to faith? Yes. Oh, see, okay, that's a big thing that, that we were going to bring up. Yeah. About. And we, we, do we want to, I want to ask a very serious question. Do we want to talk about it now or do we want to wait until the plot is over and we can have that discussion? I'm fine with waiting. This whole scene just makes me think if it's when did they find out and when were they playing her because it's like, who are they performing this for if they yes. know? Because right. if they didn't know, that makes more sense. But if they did know, it's like, why the, what the fuck are you doing this? Yeah, no, See, I, I wonder uh, that, especially rewatching it, um, I rewatched it like three times for this podcast, every time I'm like, what moment are we supposed to believe that they have formulated this plan and no faith's bad? And I wish, even if, even if we had gotten at the end, if they had like shown us a flashback to like, oh, this is when Buffy figured it out. But we never get that, right. and it's weird. Just like well, they did, and I think I've brought this up before, just like they did in the season seven episode Showtime. Yeah, All they need is yes. like a 45 second thing that shows That's that it. they spoke telepathically about yeah. their plan. Like, sure, have it be the Giles newest spell from a book, and he did it so him and Buffy communicate telepathically. Like, Well, because <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing. Even like a few episodes back in Consequences, they established Faith's not a good liar. Yeah. But like, Giles caught, knew instantly that she was full of shit when she tried to pin the murder on Buffy. Yeah, I mean, but I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So, why don't we, why don't we talk about this? Yes, sorry. Wait, yeah, why don't we wait? Because there's, like, five different moments where I'm like, is this where it started? Is this where it started? <laughs> um, so, why don't we wait? So we'll wait till, like, later to finish this. Um because I also wanted to discuss how you guys felt about Angelus. I really don't enjoy seeing him again, and it almost feels like too soon for it to be that much of an impact. Mm -hmm. um, I do enjoy it just because 
I think he's more fun to watch. David Boreanaz is more fun to watch when he's Angelus. That's I, I, I do think he has more fun acting. Yeah, I I agree with that. But also, it's so soon after season two, and also that was it wasn't just a plot point in season two. It was like the plot, and like it was such an emotionally draining arc that to almost. Like, even going back to the opening with the jokes about how sexy the movie was, like, kind of playing this how crucial it is that they don't sleep together for laughs. Yeah. Kind of thing. It almost feels like they're giving us diet, Angelus. Mm. Yeah. Which seems very inappropriate, given how the last season ended. I mean, so, Colin, you have seen... Well, you have too, Rob. All of... How do you... Because I know in season one of Angel, they have that weird Angelus moment. And like, I actually really like that episode. Oh my god, really? I was going to say, and that episode's really bad, but... <laughs> no, I like all... it... I'm sorry, just go ahead, Colin. Break for a second. I like it just because of, at the end, when Angela saw it cleared up, and Cordelia goes to him and says, I've been waiting for this to happen, and I've had it all planned out. Yes. That is true. I do... I it's do a like Cordelia. It. it turns into a Cordelia episode. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's like how... It... I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of... Okay, that's fair. But the only time for me that Angelus works well coming back is in Angel Season 4. That, for me, is the only time where it works. And it's like, yes. oh, And ironically, shit. they bring Faith back. Yeah, that. and they and it, the, all of that works for me. Um, but this episode, I mean, granted... So, okay, so these are my issues with Angelus in this episode. And it almost feels like he's overdoing it. And I don't know why he's overdoing it. And I don't understand why he couldn't have toned it down because Faith has never met Angelus. So it's not like Faith would be like, oh, no, you're being too nice to Buffy. Yeah. Like, why would he need to play it up for Joyce? Yes, yeah, that's... Who also never, who never really in the know met Angelica yeah. and doesn't know the difference. Those are... Wait, those... What, when does he play it up for Joyce? When he comes to the house and compliments her hair. And he does yeah, it in, just, like, a weird... He's less broody. Yeah. Yeah, like, he's, like, yucking it up. But so, like... Also, did they tell Joyce? Like, because that seems dangerous not to let Joyce in, not to let her mother in on the plan. I feel like they don't tell Joyce anything, and that remains a thing that <laughs> peeves me throughout the run of the show. That's also, and I guess in the long run, Angel would have saved Joyce if Faith tried to do anything, I guess, right? I would hope. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I just... For me, Angelus doesn't work as a plot point in this episode because no, he doesn't work as a like a one-off yeah episode. If he has a full arc, it's fine. And at this late in season three, they obviously weren't going to bring Angelus back plus face plus the mayor. Yeah, it would have been. I almost. I'm go ahead. I was going to say I almost think it would have worked better if they played with it a little and had it be like in the like you knew in the beginning they were trying to set up a sting. But then it turned out that Faith pulled a fast one and threw that demon stuff at him and that they weren't prepared for that. So then you didn't know if that was part of it or not or if she had actually gotten the drop on him or something. Like if you had like the the possibility that this was a plan from the beginning that was backfiring probably would have worked better. Yeah. Yeah. I think Angelus works because in the larger for me, in the larger context of the season, like we're a few episodes past amends and like so much of this season for angel is about finding about finding out why he came back. Like, I mean, we're going to learn a lot more about, especially like throughout angel. And I mean, in the comics and stuff about like the powers that be and why they brought him back specifically and like what his purpose was. And so I find that like having a moment 
as Angelus. So that we, I feel like when you talk about Angelus, you have to talk about it on two levels. You have to talk about it on the level as like the viewer watching it for the first time who doesn't know about the charade. So I would say on that level, I think it works. And then once you learn about the charade, it's even kind of cooler because the gang kind of has Angelus as its own weapon now, which is a really cool subversion of the Angelus character. Like yes, being able to slip true. into that for a reason for like the greater good is actually really interesting. But I think that's going to bring up questions later of like, you were asking why I wasn't Joyce in. I really feel like I would have told Xander because Xander finding out about Angelus is like a whole thing. Yes. So that, I would have been like, Xander, we're going to use Angelus as like a weapon, like calm your tits. That, <laughs> I, I actually have that in my notes that like, this is one of the times when I think Xander has every right to be fucking furious with them because I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, I got punched as part of your secret plan. Like, no, I'd be furious about that. Like, that would not be okay. That would never fly with me. And I would be such a shitty brat about it. But I think well, that, wasn't he, that Wasn't that part of the plan also an ad lib on Angel's part? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. That actually kind of tracks with Angel, I think. It was like, it, I guess yeah. they're like, I guess the reasoning is like, oh, well, Faith is like murderous now. She could have done worse than just punch him. Um, which we saw in consequences when he goes to see her and she like almost chokes him to death. But I would still be furious because they could have told Xander and he could have just not gone up to them, like, and not gotten punched. I don't, like, that. that's a time when I do think Xander has every right to be, like, mad, right? I just think that in the grand scheme of things, they have more to be mad about than Xander getting punched, as, as does Xander. I mean, I get. well, I guess. I mean, also, also, so, wait, so this is the first episode that we officially find out that the mayor is immortal, right? Mm, we found out that he couldn't be... No, no he's not immortal. He's in, we knew he was invulnerable at this point, but we didn't know he had survived Yes, that that's what we didn't know. We didn't know he had been... Yeah, yeah we didn't know he was that old. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, he's yeah. immortal, um, and we knew he was invulnerable, but we didn't know that he had lived so long. Um, right. Which always is a weird thing that I forget in season three, because for me, I relate the immortal and invulnerable... I, like, put those together, but they're not because we see him do the spell to make himself invulnerable, and clearly he wasn't beforehand, but he clearly was I also immortal. don't want to say that he's immortal. He's just old. Like, Angel's old, but he's not immortal. I guess that's fair. He can be mortal. He can. He's just lived a long-ass time. Well, he no, won't yeah. age, but he can die. Well, he can't right. be mortal he then. Age. He can't anymore, though. Yeah, yeah. But, but going into season three, he was someone that he wouldn't age, but he oh, could yeah, be yeah. hurt and killed. Yeah. yeah, right. So, so what's what's the what are we what are we where are we landing on that subject? <laughs> well, immortal means you can't die, like Zeus. But I thought immortal also meant you didn't age, and he hasn't aged. No, well, he identifies as impervious on the episode. Oh. Right. If you can't age, yeah. you can't age. But immortal, the it just means not mortal, which means you can't die. Mm. All right. Yeah, I think he's just sacrificed to the right demons. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I feel like that's an angle that was never touched on enough in the high school years. The fact that a lot of what happened in the first three seasons was kind of because he set the town up that way to be on the hellmouth and to be this like yeah place for well, you demons know, to do business. Really, it's a really interesting point that I actually feel like doesn't even get as much 
as much play as it deserves in season three, like about the origins of Sunnydale, the town. Like they kind of just throw it away, and they're like, "Oh yeah, this the mayor." Like I think Faith. It's has all because of him. Faith says that line where she's like, "The mayor brought this town, you know, for the demons to feed on, and come graduation day." Well, that's what she says at the end of the episode. He's gonna like, you know, get he's what getting paid. He's gonna yeah. So. I mean, I guess they are tying in. This is getting very like history, but it's like it is like California history. Like when was California founded? Like this mayor guy came here in the 1800s and was like, "Oh, this town is on some mystical energy. Let me get a place for demons to thrive." I I'm pretty sure there's actually a comic that goes back to like the origins of Sunnydale with him. Oh really? Mm. I I feel like I remember seeing that once. Colin, I love when you tell me things I don't already know about Buffy. <laughs> um Um, what okay nothing go ahead so yeah so like that's for me and colin you watch agents of shield right i actually have not watched it i have my friend's dvds board and i have never watched them oh damn it i thought you did so okay so this episode does a thing I mean, Joss Whedon's younger brother is, like, one of the heads of the show of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Him and his wife are the, like, heads of the show. They do this a lot on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., where, like, they trick you into thinking the villains won, but then the, they've been on it in on it the whole time, and they tricked them. Like, there's, like, two different times when they're being double-crossed, but then the end of the episode is, oh, the gang knew the whole time they were being double-crossed. They were setting the double-crosser up. So much so that, like, on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., when something bad happens, I expect it to have, like, that turnaround at the end. So this feels very Whedon-y to me, even though this is, like, clearly pre-that. Um, because, like, you know, we even have the, like, the way the demon that turns him into Angelus is in on it, too. Like, he never even turns into Angelus. It's not like they, like, foil the spell. It's they've been in on it forever how long because that whoever the mayor contacted to contact this demon so you don't really know yeah so there's also that demon feels like a david lynch character with his weird deep voice voiceover um and his weird fade away at the end <laughs> um but so i don't know do you have it we do have a reading to do did we want to get to that well, yeah, so we're we're going to do a reading today, as we, we haven't done one in a while, so we're going to do a reading from the moment where Angel is kind of, I mean, yeah, Angel changed, but chains Buffy to the wall, and he's still part in the ruse with Faith, and so at this point, obviously, because this is where it kind of turns, Buffy, you know, but this is like all going according to Buffy and Angel's plan, I guess, because they're in the mansion and they're about to get Faith to confess everything. It's like really going according to their plan. <laughs> um, Matthew, do you want to be Faith since Twitter said you were Faith and I was Buffy? Um, you know what? That's <laughs> rude because I am Buffy, but I will be Faith because as an actor and as a gay man, I like to say that I am versatile. Oh. <laughs> So is Faith, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. So I will be Faith in the nature of being capital V-verse. Uh, <laughs> I just love you so much. Um, okay, great. I'm Buffy. And Colin, our favorite Canadian, will be Angel, and Rob will be doing stage directions. I did not just... I did not just give them those roles. We already talked about that, but Matthew and I didn't talk about Faith versus Buffy. I didn't want someone to think I was, like, giving you stage directions. Um... <laughs> 
All right, it's great. Fine. Faith, listen to me. Why? So you can impart some special Buffy wisdom? That it? Do you think you're better than me? Do you? <laughs> Say it. Say you're better than me. I am. Always have been. Um, maybe you didn't notice. Angel's with me. And how did you get him, Faith? Magic? Cast some sort of spell? Because in the real world, Angel would never touch you, and we both know it. Faith backhands Buffy. You had to tie me up to beat me. There's a word for people like you, Faith. Loser. Uh Uh-huh. You're just trying to make me mad, so I'll kill you. I'm too smart for that. Stick around. For what? Your boss's lame ascension? Like I couldn't stop it. You can't. I will. Keep dreaming. No one can stop the ascension. Mayor's got it wired, B. He built this town for demons to feed on, and come graduation day, he's getting paid. And I'll be sitting at his right hand. Assuming he has hands after the transformation, I'm not too clear on that part. And all your little lame-ass friends are going to be kibbles and bits. Think about that when your boyfriend's cutting into you. I never knew you had so much rage in you. What can I say? I'm the world's best actor. Second best. Faith turns to Angel in surprise. Graduation day. Think we missed anything? I think we know everything she knows. May I say something? Pulls her hands free. Psych. You played me. You played me. The Scooby gang bursts in the front door. Faith throws Angel into the gang's path. Faith and Buffy fight. The gang wards off Angelus with crosses and stakes. Buffy and Faith end in a standoff, each holding a knife to the other's throat. What are you going to do, B? Kill me? You become me. You're not ready for that. Yet. Faith grabs Buffy's neck and kisses her on the forehead. Faith runs away. Yay! Yay. I didn't realize how few lines Angel had. I'm sorry, Colin. (laughs) No, that was perfect. (laughs) I didn't realize I had that paragraph waiting for me at the end. I would have picked differently. (laughs) Um, Um, So... I really, I know I, I keep saying this, but, like, I really think Faith was in love with Buffy. Like, for me, there's, like, so much tension, like, sexual tension there. Like, There's, like, a huge nega intimacy between them. Right? Almost. Like, like, they hate each other so much, but they're the only people that truly connect on that level of what it's like to be them. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I mean, who isn't up well, for some hate you know, sex if, sometimes? If anyone, I don't know, so it's almost like a very homosocial relationship. So there's this, um... For those who don't know homosociality... I raised my hand because I don't know what that means. I'm intrigued, though. So, um... Educate us, Daddy. So, (laughs) it's a... Okay, so it's a term that you use when... In order to express homosexual desire, writers have um, characters fight in a heterosexual way or so like um i learned a lot about a lot in a class i took on restoration theater so oftentimes characters will fight over a guy when really there's all these homosexual undertones between the two women and that's what faith and buffy are doing like faith and buffy are like fighting over angel and like who gets to be who gets to you know who gets to be with angelus but it's in order to express a homosexual kind of desire and so it's homosociality. So we two women are going to fight over this guy, but really we're fighting over each other and how much we're in love. Well, hell, in their next fight, they incorporate handcuffs. That's right. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. <laughs> um, can I, I want to talk about a few things during this scene, but and one of them is stupid, but it's my least favorite thing because it's the only time Buffy's ever done it. What was with the 
slow motion turnaround of Faith's head. <laughs> I thought the same thing when I watched it. <laughs> every every think, show has that awkward directorial choice that just suddenly takes you out I of it. Because you know what? It is a really cool reveal as a, as a thing, but then the show is calling attention to how cool it is with the turnaround, and I'm like, it kind of ruins it. <laughs> Maybe they weren't giving... Eliza Dushku enough faith as an actress to like kind of turn her head and like sell it without that. <laughs> oh, enough what? <laughs> no, but I'm not. That's not a knock to. That's not a knock to her. But I'm wondering like they wouldn't have given like Sarah Michelle Gellar a scene where they have to slow mo her reaction. You know what I mean? Uh, or maybe her head turn was so good they wanted it on screen longer because her hair looks the great. Only, I, I will say there's the one. Flip. There's one episode where they give a camera trick to Sarah Michelle Gellar and. It's still one of my favorite things. It's um, in Harsh Light of Day where they do that really extreme close-up when she first sees Spike. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. But that's the only time they give her a camera trick. But that does work in that for that scene because it is such a yeah. big, like... But I think this, the the slow-motion faith turnaround is so bad. <laughs> really, it, doesn't, it really doesn't bother me, but I do understand what you mean because it is very unlike the show. But yeah. I kind of like it. I don't know. Just because, like... I also- Sorry, go ahead. No, I I mean, for me, it's like Angel, as Colin pointed out before we started the podcast, hearing David Boreanaz say he's the best actor is kind of hilarious. And for oh, me, that's, that's the thing that's the silliest is like, ugh, give me a break. Like, <laughs> I also think that there's a lot in this episode and specifically in this um in this exchange that actually harkens back to revelations because we don't always, yeah. we don't get a, a, a super ton of episodes that really take place in Angel's house. And this is one of them. And revelations was the other. And it's the whole, like, cause um, you know, Wendelin post said, ruse the whole She you know, she wait, felt Matthew, wait, lies. you cut out. Oh, I did. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Well, did reset. He cut out, did he cut out for you boys? Yes. Yeah, for me yeah, too. Okay, I was yeah. just trying to go with it. Okay, yeah, we're we're just gonna have like a <laughs> okay. second pause, and then Matthew will start again. Okay. So I think that this episode mirrors Revelations a lot. Like they're one of the they're the two episodes in this season that take a lot that take place a lot in in Angel's mansion, where he where it's like a whole character thing, and yeah, um, like uh, this is it, the the part where Buffy says "psych" is almost like when Gwendolyn Post says "Faith, you're an idiot" and hits her. Yeah, um, and it just shows how many times Faith has been humiliated in Buffy's in, in Angel's mansion. Oh <laughs> like, God, yeah, I hadn't even thought about that's like even more. I mean, this time she deserves also, it, but and that's also well, to go back to them being in love. That's also where they had their first fight because they fought in Revelations. Well, that also kind of hints to like kind of like an unspoken tragedy about Faith. She's not she's not good at being a slayer or a villain in that respect. That's true. Like, she's kind of sloppy in both respects. So, like, she failed at being a slayer, tries to go bad, and then it turns out she's not very good at that either. But I think also Faith is, like, a character study in how many times she's been failed. And, like, it's also kind of really tragic for her. Like, she fell for this wa- for this watcher who was fake because she really wanted... She wanted it, yeah. So I, think, I think deep down she really wanted a watcher, and Gwendolyn was caring for her before she turned out to be working, before she wanted the glove of Minigan. And then now she's hurt because she felt like she finally had Angelus and she doesn't have him now either. So but she's got the mayor. Oh my God. Well, yeah. And we actually didn't talk. We, we can go back later or not. I don't know. But we didn't talk about the part where earlier in the episode 
where he says that um, he he likes her hair pushed back like in Mean Girls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sort of pull, that's true. To pull her hair back, and he offers her some milk and cookies and stuff. And you can see she's very uncomfortable almost with like an older man who's like paying attention to her in like a non-sexual way. Like, yeah. A very father-like way. And like he really does. And she, you know, there's a couple times when she tries to like, like when she says, thanks sugar daddy in whatever episode. I think that's. And he shoots her down. Yeah. And he's like, I don't like that talk. And he like means it. He doesn't, he like thinks of her like a daughter. And it's really weird how like genuine he does think of her that way immediately. And, like, he's also really forgiving of her mistakes. Like, when he... I can't remember if it's this episode or the next one, when he brings up the fact that, like... No, it is this episode, where he brings up, like, oh, so what? So Angel, like, didn't take the bait, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you're a great girl. Like, he's just, like, still encouraging of her. And he's, like, her boss, but he's treating her like a father. Like, he's her father. And it's... Well, it almost seems like... It seems like the whole Angelus plot to him was just a chance to, like, give her something to do because he seems pretty confident in himself from the get-go and Angel almost feels like a bonus to him if they can turn him. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so... So, do we... Can we talk about when do we think they started yeah. in on the plan? I would love to do, like, a go-around where we each say, like, what our theory is about when we think... Like when are, your theory on when you think they were in on the in on the ruse? Okay, yeah, Colin, you first. Um, so I don't think they officially knew anything until after the mayor summoned that demon because he obviously went to Giles to like be like, "Hey, we're old buddies." Okay. But I can't remember if the scene where they go visit the apartment is before that, because when they're there, Faith like knows immediately where the light switch is and. Like, just walks in without actually checking her surroundings or anything like that. And Buffy's like, what the hell are you doing? Oh, yeah, that is true. You know what? Yeah. You but just, I, you I just sold me which, on that point. <laughs> I can't remember which order they come in. So I don't know if, like, Buffy noticed that and then Giles was like, yeah, that makes sense. Because this demon here is telling me that she's with the mayor. But, Wait, can you say the light switch thing again? I didn't get it. Like, I didn't understand it. When she first goes to visit the demon and he turns on the light, it's, like, around the corner in like another room and uh-huh. then when her and Buffy go back she just reaches around and flicks it open without actually going into the other room right right and like B- Buffy looks at her weird but like isn't like hey how'd you know that was there right hmm I'm, I'm actually looking in the script for it um yeah no it's See, so, here's- so wait so the the scene with that demon takes place directly right is the next scene after when Faith and Buffy go to the demons Skylar's place. And because Buffy, Buffy, this wasn't just a hit. This was somebody's idea of a party. Faith, maybe the guy put up a fight. We got to get going. Come on. Nothing we can do here now. You coming? In the in daylight, the mayor's office across from him sits a mage concealed behind bleh, robes. Um, so it's like yeah. the scene right after that. So. Well, did the mayor summon him? Is that clear, or did the guy just show up at his office? No, he summoned him because he says he all this. He says, oh, okay. he says to the mayor that... It screwed it, up his golf game. Very, yeah, he says it takes some very dark magic to summon me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Scheduling a man of your talents is quite the chore, I'll tell you, is what the mayor says to him. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know what? Colin, I think you sold me on your point. <laughs> like, so, so, oh, see... <laughs> so, would it be that you think after Buffy saw that Faith was doing that, or Buffy already knew that Faith was going to know everything because Faith, she knew Faith did it? 
Uh, I don't know. Because, like, there's no confirmation, but obviously when she goes in there, Faith is acting really suspicious about it, right? Yeah. What is your theory, Rob? I'm I'm actually liking this theory a lot. I'm going to go, I'm going to say they knew something was up with her, but they didn't quite know. Like, I'm not sure they would have thought to put together her and the mayor right off the bat. Hmm. But I'm also curious, like, so I think the, the, thinking back on it, the, when she opens the door and knows how to turn on the light thing, that's a good signifier. But I'm also wondering, again, like, both if Buffy knew something was up before that, and also, was everybody in on the stink from the beginning, or was this a, just a Giles Buffy angel thing? Just Giles Buffy and angel. I think it was just I the would, three of them. Yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah. I don't think it ever really went outside that circle until like an off until until after it all went over because then the final scene is them in the library and Wesley and, obviously didn't know and right. no, he gets is, really upset about it and this is one of the times when Wesley's also kind of right to be mad too like it, it they really should have I th- I think they should have told everyone at least maybe after Xander was punched like at least then tell everyone <laughs> um. Just because also, like, when they come in, like, Willow and I think Giles and Xander have, like, crosses to ward off Angelus. Yeah. Well, not Giles, because Giles isn't on the plan. But, like, it just seems really weird that, like, why, why doesn't everyone know at that point? Like, I think, And, like, why wouldn't they be told to watch out for Faith? Yeah, and be like, oh, don't shoot Angelus when you walk in with a crossbow because he's actually on our side. Um, I Does can Giles say... go with them? Is he at the mansion? You know what? I'm not positive. I'm not sure about that either. Because I feel like he would have told them on the way, be like, guys, hey, what's up? You know, I can kind of see both sides of the, even though I was advocating for at least telling Xander only because I knew that he would have a fit. But like, I think it's almost the way any of us, if any of us has ever worked at a place where, you know, you have to interact with like upper management. I think this is one of those (laughs) cases where it was like an upper management meeting and they made a decision that they didn't tell everyone about i think there was a there could be some logic in not telling everyone because then someone would spill to faith that they knew or something like i don't think they could be trusted to act normal or to act scared around angelus if they knew that he was just angel i don't know there's a there's like a there's a a method to like telling as few people as as possible about a heist that you're trying to pull or a ruse or whatever Mm. yeah that actually becomes a recurring source of tension between Buffy and everybody else as the show progresses, both in season five and season seven with the glory and then with the yeah. first thing. Like she has a they she has a habit of keeping things close to the chest that tends to bite her in the ass later on, actually. Right. Yeah. I mean and the, the the kind of ultimate example of that is them kind of blindly going with her to the vineyard, even though she's not sh- telling them what she thinks is there. Or whatever, yeah. and then them all dying or being blinded. And again, faith is there as kind of the counterpoint in the mix of it. Yeah, it's like yeah. An, it's it's just interesting. I wonder if they intend that as like a through line. Well, I think it's about. I mean, like it's a part of power, right? Is is just like the larger theme of like who's who's in on who's in on all these plans, who gets to know, who doesn't get to know, and it's always the tension between in the triangle between how many people in the in the triangle of friends or the square of the four of them know about the plan and who doesn't and stuff like that yeah i mean you're you're kind of selling me on that point matthew the like 
because I'm a big mouth, and I would I would tell all of you, be like, oh, we're doing this plan. Don't. Oh tell yeah, anyone. literally, I, I had you in my head. I was like, if I were Buffy, I wouldn't tell Ian because he like he would call up Faith and be like, hey, did I, did you hear? But I would. But the thing is, I feel like none of them are actually friends with Faith, so no one would tell her. Like the, their only connection to Faith is through Buffy. You'd tweet it, and Faith would read the tweet. I mean, that's fair. But this doesn't take place in 2017, Matthew. This is 1999. This makes me wish she and Anya overlapped in more seasons, because Anya totally wouldn't have been able to keep a secret. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, Anya or Or Anya would have known right off the bat that she was bad. Yeah. Yeah, or Anya would have been like, that's not Angelus, what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're um, not. So actually, um, Ian, I mean, not Ian, sorry, Colin, your theory was my theories. My theory is that, like, the demon knows Giles and the mayor calls him and he's like, oh, I'm in Sunnydale and he wants me to put a ruse over on the Slayer. And I know that, like, I'm tight with this dude who introduced me to my wife. So I'm actually going to go tell him. So he goes to Giles and he's like, listen. But that's the weird thing, right? Is that, like, I guess they know the mayor's evil at this point. But, like, in, in if the demon told Giles everything that's happening, it would kind of be like he was giving them all these secrets about the mayor's inner workings that they that they would then know. But anyway... Um, he would go to Giles and be like, listen, they're trying to get me to take Angel's soul. But then at one point, Giles would then have to call up Buffy and and be like, call Angel, let's hatch a plan. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, one second, demon guy, let me hatch a plan <laughs> with my two friends, and then I'll tell you the plan. Right, yeah. And See, th- But the thing is, there's not that much time between yeah, when, when the bear when summons happen? that demon and when they actually, at least the show doesn't make it seem like it's that much time between when he has the conversation with the mayor and when he curses Angel. Oh, wait, no, I have another theory. I have another theory. Because <laughs> I, I forgot to bring it up, but I swear it's a really good theory. Okay. <sighs> so, Angel is ooh, super old. Oh, he's about to make a tweet thread about a theory. <laughs> no, Angel is super old. And I think that when the demon is saying his spell about taking Angel's soul that he's speaking in a language that only he and Angel understands and that he's telling him everything that's going on. Hmm. Because <laughs> I don't you know think Angel's that good an show, actor to improv. Right, you know quick. sometimes on the show, like, Spike will randomly know, like, random demon languages, like, in season six, because he's been around so long. In season four, when he can yeah. understand Giles. Right. Yeah. I actually think that what's happening is that when he's doing the spell in another language, it's a language that only he and Angel know, or it's one that, like, is a demon language that Angel understands, and he's just saying things like, Angel, I'm supposed to be turning you into Angelus right now, but this is part of the mayor's plan. Like, tell Buffy and Giles about this. <laughs> That's my then, official line. But then but, when, when, Angel, when would Angel have done that? Because Faith was with them from that point onward. I don't know. He texted them. <laughs> okay, he, that's fair. He tweeted it. <laughs> yeah, he tweeted On it. On T-Mobile sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's really weird this show doesn't bring in cell phones until, like, season seven, when, like, cell phones were a thing. Like, it's not like the show is that old. Like, I remember they watching it and no. thinking, like, why don't they have cell phones? And I'm, yeah, I'm I think sure they have cell phones in Angel, like, yes, right away. they do. Cordelia has one in the first season of Angel. <laughs> Because, like... And on, she was broke. Yeah. Sorry, I want to... Because 
Also, if he he's not actually saying the spell because he doesn't take Angel's soul, right. so he has to be saying something. something. Yeah, he's he's casting all the lights and smoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's doing a a foggy light spell. He's saying that'll put Mars. What was your theory, your Ian? <laughs> Ian, what was your theory um, before we all said our theory? I think Colin sold me on his. I don't even remember what mine was. I was gonna say my thing was to me that maybe the demon was friends with Giles, but that feels too incidental. Well, it's definitely a demon ex machina situation. Like they were definitely <laughs> like, I actually have demon ex machina written down. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's definitely just like, they were like, listen, we just need, we need them to, f- the whole point of the episode really is for them to find out that faith is working with the mayor and about Ascension day at the end of the day. And they were just like, listen, we need a whole 45 minutes for them to find this out. <laughs> And um, so we're just going to have it all be some kind of big ruse and we're going to have a demon who somehow knows Giles and it'll just be fun. <laughs> like, okay. I mean, that's fair. Because, yeah, because, like, right, like, it feels too, like, oh, that demon was called by the mayor, that demon told Giles because they're buds. And, like, that feels too incidental for the plot. For, like, them to then suddenly come up with that entire plan, like, within an hour. I also love that at, in the same episode where Giles is complaining that demons have no standards and they don't want the still-beating heart of a virgin, that he is working with a demon <laughs> to subvert the mayor. And but also that this is a demon that he not only never, like, did battle with, but he actually set him up with his wife. Yeah, I like <laughs> that. So, like, I want that whole backstory. Yeah. I want a comic about that. Yeah. (laughs) About Ripper setting up a demon. (laughs) Ripper's been playing both sides for years and actually hooking people up, it turns out. Yeah. Maybe he's a a couple's whisperer. I'm like that with straight people. Not gay people, just straight people. I'm good at setting up straight people. (laughs) So So, maybe he's um, good at setting up demons. Do we want to give the episode a grade? Yes, we do. On an, so here at Slate Press 98, uh, Colin and Rob, we do A through F grades. So what do, what would you grade this episode? Colin, uh, you can go first. I, would, I really like this episode, so like a B plus or A maybe? Okay. There, I would yeah. go... I'd go with the solid B because I, it does what it needs to do, but it's also very much a point A to point B episode. It's one of those where like, okay, check this off the list so we can do the finale kind of thing. Okay. I, I think I give it a B minus because, because I don't love it that much, but it's still season three and season three, it's still like better than most things. So I am up in the air truly uh, about this one only because whenever I think back to enemies, I think that I love it. And then having now watched it several times and dissected it. Right. Yeah. And even what, just what I said about how little I actually feel moves forward with the plot. Like, I mean, season three is the season where every episode is just like doing a million things. And it actually feels like this one is doing a lot less. Um, so looking at it both, as its own thing, and in the scope of season three, I'm just gonna fall down on a B, but a really good, solid B, not a weak B. I actually feel like they could have merged this episode with choices and gotten an A plus episode. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> so thanks for being on, boys. Um, Thank you. Um, thanks for listening, everyone, and. 
If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow us at SlayerFestX98. And if you want to follow Matthew on Twitter, you can follow him at Matthew Rodriguez, one T, a G, and a Z. And if you want to follow Ian on Twitter, you can follow him at IanXCarlos. And Rob, where can they find you? Oh, you can follow me at RS and Stuff. And I'm sorry in advance for that. <laughs> and Colin? <laughs> uh, I am at CSmith03. All right, guys. Thanks for being on. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yay. See Yay. you next week. Bye. Yay. Bye.